down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode 150-whatever of the Art of War Down Under podcast. I have no order, I have no plan, I'm just recording the things as I get the slots, as I get the uh, the clientele, the experts in order, in line. I'm joined by a wonderful Anzac Brethren, uh, now residing in the UK. You may have heard him on our Space Marines Index episode also, which may have came out a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, three months ago. I have no freaking idea. It's Mr. David Gaylard, mate. Hello, welcome to the show again. Hey, thank you, man. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, and I have to say, to my great shame, uh, after... Now, the third edition of the name change, I have listed this index as Astro Militarum Index. I have not listed as Imperial Guard Index. And I realized I did that without even thinking, and I am hanging my head in shame right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rename it right now uh, back, to, back to the freaking Guard Index. But anyway, that's what we're here to review. We're doing Guard, baby. We are here to discuss and disseminate the, the mighty hammer of the Emperor and give you guys their index review. Uh, for those who do not know, uh, Out of War is a pro- sorry, Out of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. Predominantly, we're here to review new content for the game of competitive 40K. We're here to keep you informed and be your one-stop shop for everything you need to know to stay current, to stay relevant, and to keep up with this ever-evolving, ever-changing, a great game we love. Uh, if you would like to get the second part of this episode or the second part of any of my shows, please go over to Patreon and search Art of War Down Under. David, your turn to plug, mate. I side podcast, uh, hosted with a extremely good player called Vic VJ, uh, who finished rank two in the world last year. I finished rank four in the world last year. Uh, we talk about everything, but we just, you know, keep it really frank. Uh, talk about just hardcore competitive Warhammer. Uh, we try and distill it into just high quality stuff. But I got to say, Adam, I think you might be one of the most hardest working content producers in 40K. <laughs> I've seen the number of slots and organization you are putting together recording like no tomorrow (laughs) i am uh yeah i have no chill i have no chill uh (laughs) it's weird yeah i was really lax until i got a patron and as soon as people started paying for my stuff i became a demon i assumed something awoke inside me the bell rug it it, too too greedily and too deep and now my thirst for making content knows no bounds um yeah it's it's uh it's terrifying Go fucking, if this is only available to patrons, and I want to thank you on behalf of Adam, oh, but if this is available to other people, what are you doing? Go subscribe to Adam. That's Guy right. super that's hard. Right. That's he, right, baby. like, absolutely loves the game, knows what he's talking about. Ah. Uh. No, Adam's like, fuck that, that's terrible. Why are you taking that? Take this. Table people. Get, you know, get those dubs. <laughs> I'm not so no cap. That's uh, that's how Adam rolls. I love this it. is the this is the part one. This is everybody's gonna uh, gonna, <laughs> yes. gonna yes. hear this one. Write in those f bombs, by the way. Say those are part two. We swear a little bit on part two. You got Seamus gonna have to bleep those bad boys now. Uh, give, give my poor editor more work. I'm already like I'm hitting him up at all hours, being like, "Can you get this win done in by this deadline?" Yeah, freaking him out. But um, I'm paying him whatever. 
<laughs> when he's when he's burnt out, maybe I'll be burnt out too. But anyway, we're here to break down the Astra Miller what the Astra Miller guard. Thank you very much. Um, and we're going to give you guys the lowdown and the full index review that we've been doing for so many other factions, and tell you everything you need to know about the guard. If you don't, if this is your first time joining us because you are a tread head and you're just here to enjoy the uh, the Hammer of the Emperor, we're going to be giving you a deep dive of all the rules and then picking out our select best in slot best option um, data sheets. We don't have the time to go through every data sheet. I don't want to put you through that. If you want to do that, there are there are plenty of other content pieces you can get to. We're going to talk here for just the relevant stuff, just the competitively good nuanced things that either you need to know as a person who is going to be playing against guard, what they do, how they're going to hit you, how they're going to come at you, or if you're a guard player wanting to know what we think is the hot takes. So, mate. The most important part about guard is that they can issue orders in the command phase. Correct. Now, what they can do is this changed a little bit. You used to be able to order an issue to a unit and then hit everything within range of that mm-hmm. unit. Now, I'm pretty sure if you didn't play guard, you probably just eyes glazed over when your opponent Correct. was like, yeah, I'm going to go order this order. But... Each officer can only order things within six inches of themselves. Apart from a tank commander, they can order things within 12. So if your opponent's doing that, just, you know, hey, you know, that within six inches, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But there's way less orders now. They've kind of condensed them down. They've taken maybe the, the okay, they haven't taken the best. They've just taken mostly the uh, regiment or the infantry ones. They've condensed yep. them down. So there's about six of them now. One is just three inches of movement. Move, move, move. That's a classic name. The next one is fixed bayonets. Improve your weapon skill by one. And these can go in any units, by the way. They can go into Correct. tanks or whatever like that. Correct. Um, this used to be plus one AP and plus one weapon skill, but just weapon skill by one now. Take aim. Ballista skill by one. Improved. Uh, first rank fire. Second rank fire. Gives you an additional... Uh, improve the attacks characteristics of rapid fire with equip, of rapid fire weapons equipped by models in this unit by one. So mm-hmm. oh, it's only plus one attack because um, yeah. you get plus one more rapid fire. Take cover. Improve the save characteristic of models in this unit by one. Uh, you can never improve it to more than three plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and duty and honor, which you'll probably never see, improve the leadership and objective control characteristic of models models in this unit by one. Now, yeah. what you're going to be seeing the most commonly there is take aim, improve the ballista skill of ranged weapons equipped by models in this unit by one. And what you'll probably be seeing that mostly from is Lord Solar Leontis, who can, or a tank commander, maybe, who can uh, order tanks, and they'll probably put that on their indirect fire. You might see take cover on the infantry, and you might see move, move, move just on the infantry as well, just to do secondaries and stuff, I think. Yeah. I will apologize in advance. Uh, we are recording this without any future knowledge of uh, balanced data slates or anything mm. coming for the day one FAQs. I'm recording as many as these can ahead of time. So apologies if any of this information is invalid and should there be a nerf to indirect fire coming up, because we are going to be hyping <laughs> up indirect fire, because it was one yes. of the best things that this army does, and one of the things that lets it hang with the other really, really super powerful factions at the moment. So this is replacing uh, the orders in the past. And of course, it's off. if anything has the officer keyword, you can issue, you know, or, or in view of tank commander, tank officer, whatever, anything within mm-hmm. six or 12. Um, is, what's the next best? Because i, I, I got to say, when I first read Duty and Honor, I, of course, I read it before I played any games of 10th edition. And I thought, wow, that's going to come up. And it has never come up. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, so this used to be very powerful. Because yeah. it used to make your model objective secured. And that would be, doesn't, you know, now, but now OC just linearly scales, right? So everything's got objective control, but, you know, um, you know, it might be two objective control, it might be five objective control. So what you would do is, you know, put this on a tank in the, middle, yeah. in the beginning of your command phase, and then all of a sudden, you know, your opponent didn't have any objective secured on it, and you get objective secured. Mm-hmm. So that was like a black and white binary place where objective secured was much better. 
it's nowhere near as good out. Leadership is, you know, completely irrelevant for the most part. Mm-hmm. The battle shock doesn't really matter at all. Um, so, yeah, you're probably not going to be seeing it that much. It's important to note that these have changed orders. They do last until the next command phase. So previously they used to drop off at all random times like yes. until the end of your fight phase, until yeah. the end Change of your phase. next command phase, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, they've changed a little bit. Your opponent's probably just going to be take aiming a bunch of stuff, but it's important to know that only Leontis and the tank commander can order uh, take aim to, um, to to other vehicles. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, most notably that's the big in, one you're going to be seeing. Yeah, most notably indirect pieces. Uh, yeah. Now, right. do you want to um, go over the really deep and com- intricate detachment rule, Adam? Uh, let's do it. So this is Born Soldiers. Each time an astro-military unit from your army remains stationary until the end of the turn, raged weapons, equipped by models in the unit have the lethal hits ability. So six is to hit auto wounds still, but only if you haven't moved, and that's in there. Um, combined regiment detachment rule of Born Soldiers now. So it used to be just all the freaking time, and now it's conditional. Yep. Uh, so this is basically irrelevant for anything that's not an indirect fire piece. Correct. You might have a big tank like a Rogal Dawn that might stay still, but um, obviously the old Born Soldiers Adam used to be six to hit automatically wound. Uh, yeah. But now the remain stationary caveat there is uh, very difficult to adhere yeah. to unless you're remaining stationary for other purposes like gaining plus one to hit from heavy weapons so for example yeah is it weird that i after i read this i went back and read the, the orders because i just like oh maybe there's an order to remain yeah, state don't to count as remaining stationary but no there's not so there's no there's no major yeah. and there's nothing that i've majorly found that links back to this this is just nice if you got it doesn't come up that often yeah very bizarre we all i think assumed that there was going to be a remain stationary because there mm. already was a remain stationary exactly order. right but, yeah, um, exactly. but no, they weren't. But um, on to enhancements. Now, I wouldn't say Guard have the best enhancements. There's probably only two that you're going to take. Mm-hmm. One is called, uh, they've got the Death Mask of uh, Olenius, which is, um, you know, terrible. If your opponent <laughs> has that, probably just laugh. Um, uh, it, uh, it increases the objective secure, objective control of, okay. The the unit's objective control can never be less than one. Okay, who cares? Doesn't do yeah. anything. Uh, yeah. That better be three points, literally. Otherwise, I'm not buying <laughs> The next one is uh, Drill Commander, officer unit, officer model only. While you're leading a unit, if that unit remains stationary, a critical hit is on a 5+, plus mm-hmm. instead of 6+, plus where you would otherwise remain stationary for born soldiers. You could put this on a tank commander, because a tank yep. commander is an officer. But once again, you'd have to remain stationary as well. So mm-hmm. quite difficult to achieve that one. They've got the uh, classic Vect, Kurov's Aquila, which yep. is once per battle after your opponents use the stratagem, uh, increase the battle cost of the CP. Now, there's been a really uh, an interesting innovation on this one, Adam. Yep. They said in the order of operations for modifying characteristics that if you increase the cost, basically, if you increase the cost of a stratagem, say if I want to increase the cost of Overwatch, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have an ability uh, and your opponent has a model in their army that makes stratagem for free, you must then make the stratagem free and then the uh, mod- modifier, modifier plus kicks one in. CP yep. kicks in. So it actually works against those abilities that make your strategies free. It's so, made it so much better, like yes. so much better. I think these are now premium effects in the game. Yes, they're very, very good. Or Phantasm, for example. You know. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably um, try and find space for Curves Aquila. Really good. Uh, Grand Strategist. Oh, you know, you know, you might want to use it on Armor of Contempt, right? Yeah. So if you're going against Desolation Marines, oh, um, you know, they have to pay one CP for it now if they were otherwise getting it for free. Overwatch. Overwatch. <laughs> Overwatch, yes. Immediately on your opponent's Overwatch. <laughs> like, bang, and every game. 
We've got one uh, Grand Strategist, which I think is probably the best one here. Yeah. Uh, officer model only in your command phase, the Beric can order one additional order. Correct. Which you may take on a tank commander if you think the points are worth it, but we can get into that later. You want to run me through the uh, strats, Adam? Let's do it, mate. Uh, all right, first up is reinforcements. This is 2 CP, which is when any phase target one original unit from your army that was just destroyed. You can use this stratagem, uh, even though it was just destroyed. The effect, add a yep. new unit to your army, identical to the one destroyed in strategic reserves at the start. Uh, sorry, add a starting strike with all those wounds remaining. Restriction is it cannot be used to do return destroyed character units to your uh, to your attached units. So if you have a unit of, I think the one I've seen used the most is the Death Core twenty man blob with a okay. primary psyker in it to give it the invuln save. When that dies, you can pay two CP to bring back the twenty man. Does not come back with the um, primary psyker. Mm. That guy remains yeah. deaded. Uh, next well, up, we have one CP. Sorry, did you have anything to note on reinforcements? Yeah. Oh, this one. <laughs> actually, the first trade is actually uh, very it's important. A um, banger. Yeah. Cause, so you can use it on Sentinels, which is yes. very important. Yep. Now. Uh, if, let me ask you a question, Adam. If my unit is destroyed, can I use Ursula Creed's ability to target a unit within 12 inches to make your stratagem free? Ooh, I'd <laughs> say no. It's a trick question because normally you couldn't, right? Because your, you, yeah. your model is destroyed and it's removed from the table. But so there's a little quip that I discovered on this one mm -hmm. is that you can use this only on units that have deadly demise because what ends up happening is that your model is destroyed Deadly Demise says, do not remove your model from play. Instead, roll the dice to see whether or not it's Deadly Demise triggers. So what happens is that your model's destroyed. You yep. use Ursula's credibility because that's when the tr stratagem triggers. When your model was destroyed, your model is still on the battlefield. Oh. You trigger the ability, and then you roll the Deadly Demise. Then, so, you can yeah. so why this is big is because you could use this twice in a turn. Uh, you could use it when one Sentinel unit dies, and then you could use it for free on that Sentinel unit with Ursula Creed as well, which we'll get onto later. So, yeah, potentially quite cool. And you get all the Hunter Killer missiles back from the you Sentinels. You do. You um, do. So, so yeah. I, I have seen that I think at WTC they have ruled that you do not regenerate with your one-shoot weapons, and that was a ruling made oh. exclusively for, I believe, Sentinels and Demolition Charges from GSC. Oh, yeah, um, And uh, they even agreed that it rules as written. It's 100% not the case, but for the yeah. sake of sanity and stability of I the game. I think the Demo Charge one is uh, <laughs> probably a good call, to be honest. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So the, the Sentinels have been hit by that kind of more, let's be reasonable people here. Yeah. Um, um, adjustment, but we will see what happens with the rest. Um, but as for your your generalist match play rules, you just play them as they get their their HKMs back, hundred percent. Yep. Suppression yeah. fire up next, one CP. When you're shooting phase, target one Ashramel time infantry unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase, and one enemy unit excluding monsters or vehicles. The effect: if that your Ashramel time unit scores one or more hits against that enemy unit in this phase until the end of your, your opponent's next turn, each time model that unit makes an attack subtract one from the hit roll. So one CP, and you get a hit on the unit if they're not a monster or a vehicle, and then minus one to hit actually really big because a lot a lot of things don't have a massive amount of rerolls and hit on fours and it's actually a really big thing in the mirror match okay interesting i was yes. gonna say this is terrible never play it no no um. i was gonna say pretty much never play it you'll find maybe one game in five where you can i'm thinking stuff okay, like yeah. like crisis suits 500 points of crisis suits giving them minus one to hit for one cp it's probably going to save a, a whole crisis unit. suits and now vehicles are are they actually? Oh, they are vehicles now, aren't they? <laughs> I'm sorry, you one bad example. I did. I picked the one awful mean, example. Yeah, yeah never mind. That's true. But yeah, fair. Um, not the worst. In fact, guard, you do have a lot of CP. So, yeah, you, you know, yeah. it's, not, um, uh, it's not relevant. 
But you are correct. Like this, this is a one in five games when some, your opponent has one very relevant unit. If you get this on yeah, Desolation you know what Marines, good sure. Why not? Gonna, hey, custody wardens, man. That is cute. Wow, yeah. that is actually cute. Yeah, it's, it's big for those, <laughs> yeah. you know, for those big for those big bricks. Yeah, twos to threes, it's hilarious. Um, I would use fields of fires two CP when you're shooting phase one regiment or squadron unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot this phase. Effect after your unit has resolved its attacks, select one enemy unit that was targeted by one or more of those attacks. To the end of the phase, each time attack is made against that enemy unit by a regiment or squadron model from your army, unless the attacking unit is battle shocked, improve the AP of that attack by one. Two CP. Mm -hmm. After you've resolved attacks, one enemy unit that was targeted, you get more better a shooting for 2CP for the rest of your army. That's what it said. Uh, uh, this is actually very good, though. <laughs> this is extremely yeah. good. This is really good because it combos with all your indirects. So what Correct. you might do is you have a, one unit of heavy weapon squads, and you have one mortar, and you mm -hmm. shoot your one mortar, mm -hmm. and you split it somewhere else, and you mm -hmm. use Fields of Fire, then all your Manticores and all your Basilisks get plus one AP. Pop. And plus one AP on Indirect is really, really Huge. big. And it's big... kind of combos, I was going to say, this kind of combos with the next strat, mm. Expert Bombardiers. Right. Did you say, go ahead. Do you want, oh, can I crack on? Oh, yeah. Expert Bombardiers, it's, pretty, it's a pretty tough to, to pull off, though. But um, what you can do is, uh, at the start of your shooting phase, select one Astro Militarum unit from your army with a Vox Caster, so it's probably your infantry here. Uh, and one enemy unit that's visible to your unit, not the Voxcaster, to your unit, and visible, doesn't have a ranged uh, discrepancy. Until the end of the phase, each time an Astro Militarum model from your army makes an attack with an indirect fire weapon that targets the enemy unit, unless the attacking model is Balashocked, add one to the hit roll. So really plus one to hit, good. your indirect. One mm -hmm. CP. What you can do is you can put 10 little guys in outflank, you know, mm -hmm. maybe do a secondary. You don't even need to do anything with them. So, you know. It's great. It just says one Astro Militarum unit from your army equipped with a Voxcaster. You can still be, uh, you can still do an action that's eligible to shoot and use the stratagem to spot with them too. Correct. So, pretty sick. Uh, man, sent, uh, sorry, Scion still deep strike, can still take yep. a five man on 25 mil bases that can have Oof. a Voxcaster. Yep. Just an absolute activator. I, th I mean, when we, I seem to remember us doing the Marine episode a while ago, and we were talking about how good some of the land speeder variants are. Imagine yeah. if that was just like 25 mil, five guys at 25 yeah. mil and deep strike for like zero, essentially zero points. For sure. Sounds and there's another good. unit uh, we'll get onto in a bit here that has the similar land speed ability that you're going to want to play as mm. well. Uh, right. Combos. Next Inspired up, command. What's up? Yeah, one CP, your opponent's command phase, one astronaut time officer unit from your army. Your officer can issue one order as if it was your command phase. Your officer cannot issue that order to a battleshock unit. Now, the best one for this um, <laughs> is, is actually the take cover, right? Yes, so for sure. When your opponent, yeah, you know, you pretty much know you swung and you've missed. The retaliation is coming. You slap take cover on a unit um, and you try and weather the storm. I do mm. think this could be okay for duty and honor in a very niche situation. Yes, and a very so yeah. What you can do is you can um, if you do. Oh, it's in your opponent's command. Oh, yes, but maybe yeah. But most uh, and unfortunately, um, you know, you can put it on your big bricks for sure. But un unfortunately, both the armored sentinel and the scout sentinel how now have a respective two up save and three up save. Mm -hmm. So you actually can't duty and honor um, the sentinels, which is the ideal target you would want to do. Right, you'd want yeah. to order them up, go shoot something, inspired command, put the saves up to a two up. But um, they already have good saves already, so yeah, it's it's a niche one, but um, it's it's definitely not bad. You know, you might want to go plus one ballistic skill, or plus one weapon yep. skill, maybe if you got some melee. You might want to go first rank five, second rank five. They you know they're going to deep strike. You can overwatch them with plus one shots. So not the worst, but take cover probably the most one you're going to use. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, last one is Armored Might. This is 2CP. When your opponent's shooting phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. The target is one astromill time vehicle unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more of those attacking units attacks. Uh, the effect until the end of the phase, each time an attacking attack is allocated to your unit, subtract one from the damage. So it's 2CP, yeah. minus one damage, just in the shooting phase, but still pretty damn good. Well, very good actually, yeah. Mm. So um, this can be free with Ursula Creed as well. Correct, and it's and it's a, it's an ace stratagem that you want to use in your opponent's turn. So uh, really, I remember when I played my first initial games of Guard, I was using this a lot. Admittedly, I was playing a Rogal Dawn as well. So Rogal Dawn with Creed and an Engine Seer, pretty hard to kill. Dude, uh, yeah, you know? and that guy just is one of the very few things in the game that just gets to resist in the open in night yes. position. Just, yes, in, uh, this, just, in this meta, yes. <laughs> yeah, chuck it up on the line and just make them overcommit, and then even if they overcommit, they still might not get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I so, like um, that a lot. That's the suite of stratagems. You've got you know one defensive one for one uh, you know minus one damage. You've got some to amplify your indirect fire, and you've got reinforcements, which is essentially. You know, out of out of all the stratagems here, I think reinforcements is maybe the build around stratagem, right? Correct. It's a stratagem you can maybe thematically make an army or an archetype around, uh, and then you've got stuff like expert bombardiers or fields of fire primarily that are going to amplify your uh, indirect damage. Yep. Regardless, yeah. Or hundred percent. So as soon as I saw reinforcements, I went straight to the the uh, the Sentinel data sheet and just yeah. checked that out. And then uh, the points are out as of, as of recording. This points are out right now, and I can tell you, um, I think I think it's Scout Sentinels over Armor Sentinels. I don't think Armor Sentinels are bad. We're probably going to yeah. go to those data sheets pretty soon. But for fifty points, um, or one hundred and fifty points for three uh, Scout Sentinels extremely good value for 2CP to re-rack them yeah. and keep them coming back. Um, yeah, most definitely. Nine Scout yeah. Sentinels? I mm-hmm. couldn't judge you. That's, no, good. That's a good pick. Not. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've already seen games and heard of games where people have killed 12 Sentinels, you know, uh, and then, you know, yeah. been overwhelmed by the 15th Sentinel and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, because, you know, 2CP slapping it down and getting them back. Um, I have seen um, Fields of Fire come up, and I have seen yep. Expert Bombardiers both come up. I've yet to see um, suppression inspired command um, be played judiciously, and I haven't yeah. played. Or I myself haven't played, or none of the guys I'm playing um, have tried the armored might build with the Rogal Dawn because I think that is the build. You could you maybe able to do it, get away with it with like a Lehman Russ, a Bane Blade, possibly being another yeah. option. Um, but yeah, but you want to play. Uh, you want to play it with the Rogal Dawn and Ursa agree to make it free. Yeah, for sure, exactly right. Yeah, um, but you know, having said that, uh, you know, a lot of respect to what you said, Adam. The suppression fire thing—it's really important. Uh, as a side note, kind of developing as a Warhammer player to think about where you could use these niche scenarios because Get value. they do yeah. come up, um, yeah. and and when they do come up, they're quite good. You know, just like I said, but against the Warden Brick, for example, right? It's really powerful, and you know, an Astro Militarum Infantry unit is actually a heavy weapon squad, right? So mm-hmm. a heavy weapon squad has indirect fire as well. So actually you could potentially do that from anywhere on the board. So yes. you could potentially even do that on Desolation Marines. So actually, you know what? The boys think about it. I wrote it off initially, but um, there are some de- definitely are some use cases there, I think. Yeah, I think just keeping it on Desos all game is not, and just yeah. taking a percentage of their output for the entire game um, yeah. is not an awful option. And like you said, there you do get... I think between Ursula and Lord Solar, you get kind of more CP than just about anybody else in the game playing guard. Yeah, I think you get the most. Yeah, so yeah. let's jump to the big boy. It used to be about 170 bucks, but uh, it got a little bit cheaper because you know you kind of have to pay tax to have stuff with them, right? <laughs> Otherwise, they just get shot off the board. Correct. So um, yeah, Lord Solar, 
He gives you a CP at the start of the, your command phase. One additional CP, which is a hugely powerful ability. Incredible. And then he has also got another fantastic ability, which they have clarified in the commentator's rules. Uh, redeploy. So after both players have deployed their armies, you, well, okay, this is slightly irrelevant because the commentary uh, changes this, but uh, you get to redeploy after the, you know who goes first, which is one of the most powerful abilities in the world, uh, well, in the game. So, you know, two of the best abilities on a data sheet, and very importantly, He's an officer and can issue up orders to three Astra Militarum yeah. units. units. So he can order to anything. He's mm-hmm. the top dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that so many other units lost wounds, so many other characters lost wounds, and Lotzola mm-hmm. is literally man on horse is eight wounds still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. so funny. I've got like Azriel, I've got uh, Hellbrecht down to like five wounds now. Um, from like six, seven, whatever, and literally regular man on horse, eight wounds. It's so funny. Uh, he's still got a great pistol, which is, you know, two shots at strength eight minus two, two. And in combat, he's still got six attacks at hitting on twos at six, two, two as well. And then he's got yep. his little stompy hooves. Um, I think he's bordering on an auto take. He's so good. And what did you say? So, he, was, he was 170? 115. No, he used oh, to be 170. That's he's right, 115 that's right. now. But, uh, uh, you know, he did uh, lose, he did lose, uh, you know, half damage, four up and vulnerable full rerolls to hit on a unit and stuff like that so you know his data sheet has changed dramatically um but i think he's fairly costed because you need to pay probably the 65 points to either have a bodyguard or to have a 10-man uh unit accompany him right otherwise he's just gonna get shot off the board correct he's just gonna get blown up um we will talk about ursula creed because i think she was one of the bigger glow-ups i mean it was really interesting that everyone thought she was extremely good and an auto take upon release but that was when there was a lot of jank to be had with how her rules worked and the doubling Mm. and tripling of the strength effects when they ruled that you (laughs) get on the first instance of of one and you could bounce them off and then replace them and all this other crap when you were doing all the the bubble door uh Orders. That's when I dropped her. Yep. Yeah, that's when everyone dropped her. Um, so now she is a four-wound toughness three, essentially five-up involved uh, company commander like anybody else would be. Um, whilst model is eating a unit, that unit can be affected by two orders at the same time, which is quite nice, but I've yet to find yeah. a huge instance mm-hmm. of that being relevant. Yep. Um, and the tactical Jesus rule is the reason you take her, which is once per battle round, one unit from your army within 12 of this model can be targeted with stratagem for zero TP, even if another unit from your army has already been targeted for that stratagem. So between her and Lord Solar, he's giving you one more every turn, and then Ursula mm-hmm. can make essentially up to two CP of value every turn in, yep. in a free order. And how, so much, you- how much would you value two CP? At, uh, you know, how much would you value a free strat every battle round? Well, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, so like, this could be a funny little, uh, you know, tangent. In <laughs> in I've, I've asked this question in 8th edition and in 9th edition, and the value proposition did change for players. In 8th edition, people said they'd be happy to pay up to 50 points for a CP. Like, if you said, okay, mm-hmm. everyone starts at zero CP, but for every 50 points in your list that you start under 2,000, you get a CP. Mm. How many mm. would you be willing to, how, how many how many points would you be willing to take to a game? Mm. And that has been an interesting little goalpost moving maneuver I've done every edition. I'm going to do it for this yeah. one as well. People <laughs> were, pay, were happy to pay up to 35 on average in ninth edition, down from 50. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So no longer willing to pay 50. Because well, she's 55 points, Adam, and you can get up to 10 CP because you can use a 2 CP strat every battle every round. Every battle round, mate. <laughs> so how many, how, many, how many points would you pay for a CP? From what you've seen of Index ninth edition, how many wow. points would you take off your list for you a know, CP? You know, I think it really depends on the build because one, 2 CP starting turn 1 could have a huge impact on some Correct. armies. Correct. You know, on the right, in the right army, like I'm thinking uh, demons actually would really benefit it. 
you know, I could see 65, 70 points probably. Nice. All right. On in, the on the on the right army though. Yeah. In the co- in the comments, pick up the the ball we are dropping. How many points would you pay for a CP in ninth edition? Yeah. Let us uh, know. Let us know. All right. Which um, data sheet would you like to go to next? Yeah, I'll just skip through. So you know, you've got the normal range of officers, blah de blah. You've got your you've got your um you know platoon command squad. You've got your KD command squad. These are functionally the same as they were before. Very- You're probably not going to play them because if you take Ursula Creed and you also take Lord Sol Leontis, you're going to have all the regimental orders you want because yeah. you're not going to be playing a very infantry-based game regardless. But there was one big boy that when this guy got spoiled, I hit the roof. <laughs> this guy was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they printed this, the tank commander. Yep. Now, the tank commander is the other officer that can order squadron units. It's the other officer that can order your vehicles. So apart from Leontis, no one else can do it. So if you take a tank commander... You really want to invest in the um, relic that lets you order twice, so you'll yep. be able to order two yep. squadron units. So he's got your standard array of you know what is now free because you can get plasma sponsons and mm-hmm. uh, you know the, you can take any really lemon rust gun or whatever like that. And uh, we won't get into nuances of that. Um, but he has um, he can order he can order people from twelve inches away because he orders vehicles. But on a two plus, this guy shoots on death. It's so um, it's with so funny. every single gun. Not just the turret gun, every single gun. And mm-hmm. uh, you can give him plus one ballistic skill because, um, well, that's an order you've got now. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's quite interesting. He's also, he doesn't have squadron himself, but you can order him with Leontis. So, yeah, two plus shoot on death. Um, it's really powerful, but mm. it's a huge drawback to this guy. He's 240 points. And, and he only hits on fours now. So he needs that take yes. game to really generate value for you. Yeah. And honestly, 240 points. I don't think I want to. Well, I want to, Well, you want to play the relic as well, don't you? So mm-hmm. the relic, I believe, is. Um, uh, I think it's 20 points for Drill Commander. So 260 points, yeah. points it's to a lot. order both of your other, you know, second mandicles. It's way too many points for me. I think yeah, I me, don't me think he's worth playing. Me personally, too. Which is sad because, you know, it's gutted one of the uh, heroic. I mean, it's a bit of a weird rule to put on someone. It's two plus. Yeah, death, you know? yeah. Like, legitimately though, his toughness eleven with a two plus armor and thirteen wounds. A guy is it? Uh, who tank. would have thought he's a tank? The tank is a tank. <laughs> it's a, what a surprise! Yeah. Um, and there are a bunch of good guns. What's your go-to loadout if you had one? Oh man, it's so difficult. Look, I think the problem here is that um, AP and cover saves are so different these days that you know AP one and two doesn't really cut it. Um, I would almost be tempted to play the 24-inch gun. I would obviously play all the plasma guns you can. Um, and, you know, I'd play the LAS cannon as well. But, you know, it just really depends on, on your meta, really. I, you know, I couldn't fault you if you said, look, I want to play the Vanquisher because you're probably playing a large battery of indirect. The Vanquisher is like one of the big one-shot guns, you know. Um, you're probably playing a large battery of indirect too, which is going to be good into your, um, you know, anti-infantry profiles anyway. So if you took that, I couldn't laugh. You know, I couldn't say no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I like the Demolisher a lot at the moment. I don't love the range, but you move 10, so you kind of th- at 34 inches, which is a huge amount of the table these days anyway. So I, I like the Demolisher a lot. And, of course, pl- Plasma Cannon sponsors, even if Multi-Melters are free, uh, Blast D3 is just such an OP yeah, keyword yeah. that I think the it's better. They're really good, yeah. The only issue with the 24-inch range gun is that you're often going to be want to be within 12 inches of your indirect. 
So to order your indirect and then, uh, you know, go and still shoot your guns, it's quite short range. So that's the only thing to consider when you do that. But doesn't mean you can't make it work. That for sure. We'll skip through the rest of the data sheets. Only th- oh. only thing I'd like to point out is that the platoon command squad now joins units, like as a, as a yes. five platoon. So if you joined a 20 brick of infantry, you'd have a unit of 25, and then you could also join a primary <laughs> psycho and go to 26. And there there is like a little combo piece there, which we'll probably unpack into part two more deeply. Yes. What's the next sure. uh, data sheet you want to go to? Yeah, let's just keep skipping down. You know, they've got the normal array of uh, characters and what oh. like that. Gorn's Ghost of Change. People, but we've pre- got- people are pretty high on Gorn's ghosts. Oh, okay. You want me to cover them? Yeah. yeah. So they are, you know, Guard doesn't have a lot of lone operative. Uh, Gorn's ghosts are okay. The problem here is that um, they do infiltrate and have lone operative, which is a good combo. Don't get me wrong. But lone operative is really a defining ability that you want to take for as cheap as you possibly can. A lot of people nowadays are playing lone operative, not for you know the data sheet itself, but really just for a lone operative. The model could be a servitor for all we care, yeah. right? Yeah. You want to stand an objective and get lone op. They, you know, they've got a four damage sniper rifle, which is, you know, it's cute, right? Uh, your opponent, it's extremely linear in the way in which, um, you know, it plays. You know, you can go up at the end of your opponent's turn and then re-deep strike, which is... You know, it's interesting. It's not bad. They're 115 points, but there's another character with lone operative that I'm going to get to. Uh, let's just go straight Sly. there. The Sly one. So I played this guy a lot. Uh, if you if you if saw any of my lists, I uh, I played him second place at the Weimar Fist uh, Champs. Um, he is uh, not as good as he used to be, I don't think. He's 75 points, but, you know, that's the kind of price point you want to play for lone op. Uh, although, guard, do they need lone operative out of any army in the game? Probably, probably not, right? Because they've got a lot of tanky stuff. It's still nice um, to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know what? If you're playing if you're playing Sly Marbo, the chances are you're winning one way or another anyway, right? So um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got Infiltrators, Lone Operative, Stealth, um, eat, and he's got a really fun ability. So whenever someone shoots a unit within three inch, whenever someone shoots a unit that's within three inches of Sly Marbo, he can shoot back. He can shoot back. a one-man army. Yep. But he's only got a 12-inch gun. Um, yep. And then... Each time this unit is shot, if it's not within engagement range uh, of any enemy units, it can make a normal move as if it was your movement phase. So uh, I guess what you could do is you could probably, someone shoots you, you know, you can then shoot Sly Marbo, and then you can fight like a shadow so you can move him again, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can sort of bounce around the board and stuff. He's actually not bad. Uh, if melee was more prevalent, he's not that bad because you can, you can park him next to um, next to units. And then you know, threaten to shoot people. Yeah. So I mean, I had a cute little combo where I was trying to take Strachan with twenty Catachans and Marbo, because Strachan is Strachan slaps. He's got six attacks at at, uh, hitting on twos at two six two two, and then Marbo's got five and five one two. And like, like it it will surprise people when they try and close with you, and all of a sudden you actually just punch their teeth in. Uh, Yeah, but uh, it wasn't worth the points. I don't think. Yeah, it's it's really. I mean, I was the only one making melee guard work uh, for, for the end there at ninth edition, but uh, it's tough. Even I couldn't get struck into work. <laughs> um, oh, I guess you know, talking about ninth edition, uh, the Cassican, they're they're pretty similar to what they were before. Uh, yeah, they've got this. All this. All their guns are basically the same. So, and that was the real diversity that you could get of them. Uh, in your command phase, they can order. They can order themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's quite nice. They kind of operate independently. They've got the Voxcaster. So. You know, you can use that strat that we talked about uh, to get plus one to hit. So these guys are an interesting unit to potentially outflank. Uh, come in. Uh, they won't be able to order themselves because it's in your command phase. But, um, you know, and then loads of damage. It's, you know, 120 points or 110 points for 
10 off the top of my head. So a little bit pricey. You can order them for, co- uh, you know, uh, to take cover. So they go up to three up base save. So that's not bad. Um, and at that point, you know, you're actually paying Space Marine costs for uh, for your defensive profile there, apart from yeah. your T3, your four up save. They also have Scout 6, which a lot of people have missed. So in lieu of being able to deep strike or anything like that, they have Scout 6, which they will confer to a transport should they be in one, which I think is a nice little tech piece there. So I, I think Kassikin are nowhere near as good as they They're not the auto tech they were in previous edition, but I do think they're still a very relevant choice if you wanted them. Um, I personally yeah, prefer sure. I prefer Scions over them at the moment, yeah. um, just for the just because yeah. deep strike is deep strike. Yeah, the natural deep strike is nice, but the Chimera also has open uh, firing deck too. Correct. So you yep. could fire with those two melter guns maybe, or you could fire with those two uh, plasma guns, or if you take two flamers, you get four flamers on your Chimera. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. Overwatch is pretty good. It yeah, is. yeah. So um, skip over the Regimental Preacher. He's still awful. Uh, Sergeant Harker, no surprise there. He's quite terrible again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Catachan Jungle Fighters, mate. I mean, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how long they're going to be bad for. But <laughs> <laughs> but now we're up to one of the uh, the the premium tech pieces of the thing. Yeah. The regimental you run me through this guy. Regimental Engineer will run you forty five points. Uh, mm-hmm. His toughness four has a three plus save and three wounds, so it's just like a friggin' space marine sergeant. Uh, yeah. It's still do not expect him to do anything in combat. Uh, while this model in three, uh, he, he will surprise you. Three attacks <laughs> at six at hitting on four six two two. But if he's in combat. Why are you there? Um, and then he's got a servo arm for a one hit, another hit at the same, exactly the same profile. Yeah. Why is it? Why? Anyway, you know, he's got four attacks hitting on fours at six two two. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, so whilst this model is in three of one or more friendly astromilitary vehicle units, it has lone operative. Nice. nice. Astromilitary. So uh, the omnicized blessing in your command phase. This is the heal ability. One um, astromilitary vehicle within three regains D through lost wounds until the start of your next command phase. That vehicle model has a four plus invulnerable safe. Nice. Uh, wow. And then lastly, if a friendly astromilitary time vehicle is destroyed within 12 until the end of the, the battle, <laughs> this model agency's axe <laughs> has six attacks. Yeah. Um, you were saying? No, no, he's still not going to do anything. No, man. This model's this is like the best melee model in the whole fucking book. <laughs> oh, in the whole freaking uh, book, I mean. He's going to walk up with his six attacks. He's going to hit with three of them, wound with two of them, and they're going to make a save. With <laughs> your seven attacks, you get a, a digital servo on it. Still going to hit with three. You're going to get the worst side of the averages. Let's not beat around the bush. No, but the four plus invulnerable save is literally why you're taking this guy. The heal yeah. is nice. Who cares? It's 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 cool when you, when you can get a three on it. Sometimes yeah. you're going to get a one. But just slapping down a four up invuln on a tank within three is actually crazy yeah so i used to think this i used to think this was really really good but in my experience of playing the game i've seldom realized that actually having a two-up save on like a tank commander or a rogue dawn you actually don't need a four-up and vulnerable because you're going to be in cover and most of the time you'll be taking either a three-up against ap2 you'll be taking a three four-up against ap4 ap3 and then if you get hit with ap4 i.e a las cannon then you're taking five up so you're only one worse save in that circumstance so you're only like what 20% worse save or something at that rate. So actually for 45 points, he's, he's okay. If you're playing a Rogal Dawn, I would play one. And that's actually a point where you can get the multiple D3 wounds lost back. And, you know, you can use Ursula Creed to minus two, minus one damage often. You, know, you could pop smoke, minus one to hit, four up in one. Makes the Dawn quite a difficult target for a lot of people to deal with. So he's, um, he's not bad. I couldn't blame you. Maybe there's a build there where you can play um, Sentinels, and three regimental engineers to you know get some combat going. 
You know? <laughs> Maybe? Get, you, get your, one of your Sentinels killed and then your engine seers pop off. That'd be funny as hell. <laughs> if there was yeah. any way to give make them hit then better on them better than fours, I'd be down. If, like if you can give them Okay. I mean, you well, can because you can, you can, you can, you can order, order them. them. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so you're gonna put three you're gonna all of Lord Solo's orders are gonna go on three engine seers <laughs> and they're gonna hit on threes for you with yeah. twenty one attacks. At strength six yeah. minus two two, it's actually it's pretty sound, bad. Actually, sounds cr- badass, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, yeah. Well, uh, going on, you know, we've got the random assortment of Bulgarins and, uh, yeah. and Ogrins and what like that. The Ogren bodyguard included. Look, the large takeaway here is that the unkillable Ogren is no longer a thing, primarily because they got rid of the five up feel no pain. It's now six up. Uh, they've got rid of the minus one damage, and he can no longer take the base two up save, which is how you made him just roll saves and saves and saves. So he's no longer a thing. In fact, they got more. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they got more expensive as well. But going on to Mister Big Boy, here we go. This is something I played a lot of. The Sentinel variants, right? So let's go. Change the Sentinels mainly stayed the same in all their um, in all their weapon profiles, apart from their close combat, which they went from six two two. To six one one, so six minus one damage one. So totally they lost fine. a bit of combat, okay. they were, but they get it for free now. Too good in combat before. There was no reason for them to have been that good. <laughs> yeah, um, the scout. They also lost two points of movement each. So important to know. The scout sentinel moves are ten now instead of twelve. Uh, now this guy, the scout sentinel, scout moves nine. So pretty relevant. That's a large scout move for what most of stuff we've seen. Yeah, uh, and then it's got an ability. At this is where it compares to the land speeder as well. At the start of your shooting phase, select one enemy unit within 18 inches invisible to this unit. So select one enemy, enemy unit within 18 visible to your Sentinel. Until the end of the phase, each time an Astro Militarum model makes an attack that uh, that targets that unit, reroll a hit roll of one, and if that target is an indirect fire ability, it does not suffer the penalty to the hit roll uh, for shooting at that target for not visible. So effectively, you pick a unit within 18 in the start of your shooting phase, and then everything gets to reroll ones against that, which is really good because your army doesn't have a lot of native rerolls, uh, if any at all. I think this is like the only one. Uh, and then you also um, remove the indirect fire penalty. So, so it's plus one to hit and reroll ones, in, in effect. And no, it's it, plus. Uh, oh yeah, it's plus one hit. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's really freaking good. Really good. Uh, really good. And these guys are really tanky too because they used to have a four up save. And mm-hmm. now they've got a three-up base save. Mm-hmm. So plus one save, T7, wound seven. Uh, they even got an additional toughness where a lot of stuff in the game, they didn't actually go up in toughness. So really good. Um, I love them. I think these are really good. I think you probably want to play the plasma cannon because in I testing, so. the blast is so powerful. Yep. The, uh, yep. So And you've got the one hunter-killer missile to use as well. So you've actually got a little bit of anti-tank there regardless. You do. So, you know, you've got a one-shot LAS cannon, and then you've got the plasma there as well. So I think between the hunter-killer missile, you've got enough anti-tank to hedge, and then you rock the plasma all day. Mm-hmm. We we found I found these guys to be oppressive. To okay, so they've got the ten-inch move plus a nine-inch scout plus a possible six advance. So you can go twenty-five inches and get to get within eighteen. So what's eighteen plus twenty-five? Thirty-five, forty-three. You have forty-three inches to to go and look at something. To in order to point out and be like, yo, you're dead. Um, and then what it does is it activates your um, indirect battery. And then with take aim plus the plus one hit plus the, the uh, reroll ones, you can have a indirect battery that hits on twos rerolling ones. Yep. And it's disgusting. It's really, yep. really rough. Really good. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't blame you for playing nine of these. Uh, there are 50 points a pop, which is what armored Sentinels used to be. Uh, and they've got the same stat line as armored Sentinels because they got plus one save now. 
So uh, really good. They're an army multiplier. You should play at least minimum three lots of one. Uh, I really liked uh, two units of one, one unit of three. But honestly, with the Ursula Creed ability working that way now, I would definitely play three units of three. Really, really powerful. Yeah, three by three is kind of what I think you should start with and then take take away as you need. Uh, I would like to walk over to Rattlings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go. Actually, uh, quite a good unit. They're toughness two with one wound and a six-up save. Go on. Go, you little Oof. hobbit bastards. I love <laughs> you. Um, very good gun now. Uh, same as the, the sniper rifle and the scout. So hits on threes at 422. So strength four minus 22 damage, which is heavy in precision. Mm. Um, they do have infiltrators and they have stealth. In your shooting phase, after this unit has shot, if it is not within engaged range of any enemy units, it can make a normal move as if it was your movement phase. If it does, until, of course, the end of the turn, they can't charge. So they got shoot and scoot. And I think this is, if you are not taking a lot of scout sandals, this is your front line. This is your, you know, block out the deep strike, blocks out the uh, rapid insertions, get in the way, do a little bit of value here and there. Um, I'm trying to, I'll quickly get you how many points they are. If I remember 70 right. points for five. 70 points for five. Not too expensive, not too cheap also for what they do, because you could take a unit of exactors for 35 essentially and have two, you know, and, and do essentially the same thing. Um, I do still really like Rattlings. I think they are a worthy choice if you wanted to go that yeah. way. You can also play um, 45 more points. You could get uh, Gaunt's Ghosts, which are a Correct. spot of five, I think, which infiltrate a uh, lone operative thing as well, kind of block people out as well. So it depends on where your list lands, though, stuff like that, right? You know, sometimes yeah. you've got 120 points, sometimes you've got 70 points, yeah. Mm. That's the way it works out. Um, all right, another one from yourself, mate. Well, yeah, Armored Sentinels, let's go to the big brother. Let's just go straight uh, there. So, yeah, these guys got a two-up save, toughness mm-hmm. eight. Uh, they're 70 points a model, though, so they went up quite a bit. more, yeah, for um, less so, move you know, and, a, and a less move and a worse activator, like a worse uh, army activator or... Yeah, exactly. Strategy. It depends It depends on what your meta is looking like, but um, I would play... So their they're army, their data sheet abilities, each time you make an attack and you target a vehicle or monster, you can reroll the wound roll. So what I would take on these guys, personally, I would also play the Plasma, yep. because Plasma's going to be good against infantry, and then Plasma's also going to be good against tanks because we're going to be re-rolling looking for fives anyway. So Correct. kind of good either way. Um, if I would never take these guys over Scout Sentinels uh, simply because of the points. Um, yep. And if you look at the efficiency, Scout Sentinels are very good. These guys, And like it's actually harder for your opponent to kill the Armored Sentinels and you kind of want them to die because you want to bring them back. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's kind of that element too. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they're still really solid. If your opponent had them across the board and were playing them correctly, you know, they were pushing them aggressively, holding objectives, blocking objectives, you know, you'd be like, wow, okay, that's quite a good unit. So definitely a strong unit, but um, yeah, for sure. nothing and, to, yeah. And the uh, the 18th Sentinel list is still alive and well. Just It's just uh, just under 1,100 points here. Six six thirty for their seventy points each. So uh, two two ten for three. So six thirty for nine um, armored, and then four fifty for for nine scout. So uh, one thousand and eighty points for your eighteen sentinels. And you know what? Probably still a good list. Probably still a good list. Chuck six hundred points of indirect in there. Leontis two squads. You know, yep. maybe three units of five exactors or whatever, and uh, you're in. All right, let's do that indirect, and we're going to cover them all Ooh. as one. So we'll cover the bassies and the manticores as one one thing because sure. they're you essentially interchangeable. Take three of of 
both. Uh, the yeah. Bassy is the one that I have problems with. I don't feel it should not be a premium damage dealing piece and have a, a premium debuff as well. This really bothers me. Um, so you look at, uh, you compare this to, say, a Thunderfire Cannon and a Whirlwind being on the same platform. So I thought the, the Whirlwind getting the Thunderfire's debuff essentially is what the Bassy is. It uh, is t- It's still toughness 9 with 11 wounds. It's not easy to remove. Um, its Earthshaker Cannon is blast heavy and indirect with <laughs> a hilarious 240-inch range. I just love that they're like, made the table smaller and then just refused to reduce the range on the Bassy guns. Yeah. Like, it's 240 uh, forever. For 20 years, you can, shoot your, you can shoot your opponent's table like you know four yep. tables over. Right? If you, you just put the blast template on their car in the car park. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's got D three, so D six plus three shots, so min four. You know, you're shooting at a twenty man. It's five plus D six, so min six. Hits on fours at eight eight two two, so strength eight minus two two damage. Where it gets crazy is the Earthshaker round. So in your shooting phase, after this model has shot, if one or more of those attacks were made using Earthshaker cannon, which it's always going to shoot its freaking Earthshaker cannon, um, scores a hit against an infantry unit until the end of your opponent's turn that unit is shaken while it's shaken it's subtract two from its move advance and charge rolls so not only do you kill stuff with this thing that could be hitting on twos or re-rolling um, it also debuffs them should they survive um, i've found this to be a big problem yeah it's really powerful and guess what adam eight, strength eight two two Great profile into Desolation Marines. Absolutely. So, and what, um, toughness, 9, 11 wounds, doesn't die to Desolation Marines. You wounded on sixes. Doesn't die to Desolation Marines. No. Mm-hmm. Yep, Castellan's wounding on sixes. So, uh, best looks fantastic. Uh, you know, they're uh, oppressively costed. Um, 110 they, points. Uh, Why? It could be 210 points you would take a couple. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah it would be that strong. I would, yeah. definitely take, I would definitely still auto-take three. I would auto-take three at 150 points. So it's 50, almost 50% under-costed. But yep. let's go on to his big brother, who is um, even better at killing Marines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Manticore. And he's even better at killing Marines because regardless of what buffs you get off, the Manticore gets full re-rolls to hit. If you have five or more models, how <sighs> sick is that? What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> sort of, not a great Why? ability. Less um, rerolls though. Less rerolls, guys. <laughs> Chill. He's 120 inch range. Uh, he's got D6 plus one. So the Basilisk has D6 plus three. Manticore's got D6 plus one. Blast heavy indirect. You know, he's got the full suite of uh, keywords mm-hmm. that you want. Um, strength 10 minus two, flat three. So flat three being a little bit better against stuff like custodies or something like yep. that, maybe. Uh, or, you know, just better at killing a, I don't know, a rhino, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Bandicle is really good, uh, and strangely enough, it's 105 points. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I think GW is telling you what to uh, play here. Correct. It's definitely not telling you to play the tank commander for 240 points. No, it's telling you to play the Manticore for uh, 105 points, and that's what you should do. You should play the Manticore. It's um, because it's really good. It really bothers me that I feel like all the Lehman Russes are fairly costed. So the Demolisher is 220 points. It's probably the best one. It's got the shortest range, but it's easily got the best gun. Um, and it's 220 points. That's kind of a fit what I want like a battle tank to cost. And then the Manticore is literally less than half the points. It yeah. is, it's obnoxious. It's stupid. I really don't like it. I have no idea how they internally costed guard because it is really all over the place. It is uh, the definition more, of all over the dude, place. More, more than a lot of other factions, guard is showing absolute, um, like almost bipolar in yeah. in the extremes of how it's yeah. been treated. Um, well, it's schizophrenic, it, it, yes. Yes, it's really it's a, such a head scratch moment. All right, let's jump to the Rogal Rogal Diggy Dawn. 
Oh, Robert Dawn, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's pretty much the same, man. He's, he hasn't changed very much. That's I'm right. happy because I have, a, I have a beautifully painted Robert Dawn that's been like 20 hours painting. So um, I like to put him on the table, you know, because of that. But um, he's quite good. Uh, how many points? He's got a little bit cheaper now, actually, uh, because um, you can take all the guns for free. So he's 285 points. So he got a little bit cheaper because he used to be 320 if you took the Knight of Piety upgrade as well. But um, he got a little bit worse because... You can't use Leon to put four rerolls to hit uh, on him, which is something you commonly do. You sink that one ability into a huge um, data sheet that you have. Uh, so he got um, a Blade of Plating, which is once per battle, uh, so not once per turn. Uh, when a damage is allocated to this model, you can change the damage characteristic of the attack to zero. So I can confirm that the damage, when an attack is allocated, it means that your opponent has successfully wounded. So you do not get to see whether or not you make the save Correct. first. So it's not like, you know, it's it's something. It's, but it's better than no ability, right? But where um, this works is against dev wounds. You, get to, you get to zero. If my read is correct, you mm -hmm. get to zero it before it turns into mortals. Yes, you're 100% so, correct. Previously to the non-commentary version, it didn't yep. used to work. But now thanks to the commentary, 100% works, which is great against D-Cannons. Absolutely, baby. It will save you against that friggin' um, the Valiant uh, Harpoon as well. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. If they get that four plus to wound, just be like, never heard of that, son. I will not yeah. be taking 12 mortal wounds today. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, his, uh, his oppressor cannon and pulverizer cannon are actually pretty good these days, man. Um, 12, negative 2, flat 3 is a pretty good profile of 72 inch range to have. Uh, and then the pulverizer is 9, 3, 3, and they're both blasts. So going to get some additional shots here and there. Um, he's good. I couldn't blame you for taking him, but I think the most oppressive list will probably opt to cut him. I agree. I think he's a, he's a good choice. When the indirect gets nerfed, I do expect this to be a good um, option for people to take. Again, right now the indirect is too good. You would you wouldn't touch these guys. Um, I promised all of you, and uh, I, I'm going to follow through. Here's the Hellhound, my favorite tank oh. guard, my absolute bay, the Hellhound. I have I have three. Um, <laughs> they are my fa they're some of my favorites. How many? You points definitely are they don't right proxy now? them as chimeras, right? No, hundred percent. Well, dude, I've got five chimeras. I've never needed to. <laughs> uh, uh, one hundred and twenty-five points for this guy. Moose ten, toughness ten, two plus save, eleven wounds. Yeah, not two easy. Plus to, nice. Yeah, not easy to kill. They're all the same data sheet now. You just take whichever gun you want. They all have the same special rule. They got deadly demise D six, so they do boom boom nice. Um, <laughs> when you fl they got flush them out in your shooting phase after this model has shot, select one enemy unit that was hit by one or more of those attacks until the end of the phase. That unit cannot have the benefits of cover. So just hit anything mm. with any one of its any one of its uh, attacks, and they kind of the benefits of cover. Considering it can have auto hitting guns here, there, and everywhere, um, ah. but you can also hit them with the hunter killer missile, which is forty eight inch range. True. So it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is absolutely right. Um, Probably not how they envisaged flushed them out to work. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, they does have some cute profiles, like the chem cannon is uh, anti-infantry 2 plus and torrent, only 12 inch range, D6 plus 1, so it wounds anything that's anti-infantry on 2, it otherwise is strength 2, but it's only neg 2 and 2 damage. I was really hoping that'd be like neg 4 two damage because yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah really crazy there um the inferno can is still probably the best one because it's a flamer that's 18 inch range so it's actually just a legitimately good overwatch target uh 2d6 auto hits at 621 uh so i yeah. and of course it's nice. tyrant ignores cover uh the melter cannon is hilarious d3 shots again with blast um 18 inch range <laughs> hits on fours yay at nine neg four d6 but it's melter four so when you're within 18 nine inches sorry uh, when you're in nine, it's D6 plus four damage, but you will not take that one, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Poor glass for the old Hellhound. It's uh, it, uh, you know, 
Man, I wish you could transport like five guys in the Hellhound. I yep. think that'd be a really cool way to differentiate Man, it. But, I wish uh, it was cheaper than a basilisk. <laughs> yes, yes. Why oh would you ever use a basilisk? Uh, yeah. it's, I guess it's, quickly, uh, quickly yep. I was going to say we'll cover the um, heavy weapon squad. You probably yes. want to take one of these guys. Yep. Just one unit of three mortars to trigger your uh, stratagem like we talked about before. That where fields of fire where you can shoot something and you... Um, and you get a thing for it. Also, you know, you can just chuck them in the back of your board. You might draw investigate signal, you know, yep. and just investigate signal with them, right? They're pretty Correct. good. Correct. Field ordnance batteries are kind of They're interesting. Kind of interesting. Well. Yeah, I've, I've seen these debated as uh, yay or nay. What do you feel? I haven't looked at the list, but I wouldn't. So the, the one downside about these things is that they have a huge base. So I own two in real life as well. Uh, they're quite large. Uh, so, you know, maybe something i mean you know you do get uh sustained at six so the data sheet ability is if it remains stationary it's sustained at six uh sustained at one sorry yeah. um yeah so that's quite good their their bomb blast field gun is uh seven one uh seven minus one damage two so if you combo that with fields of fire it's quite good into um good desolation rings because you're gonna be seven two two uh d6 blast uh and direct so um you know they're not bad uh let me look up the points here do, 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 do. Field ordnance battery. Where are we? It's hiding from me. The field. Oh, yes, yeah. Okay. Hundred points two, for two. two 50, 50, yeah, dude. Fifty points each. I think they're pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Um, not are as bad as a man, not as good as a manticore, but yeah, you know, and the, you can the only play issue. three manticores, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you hit the nail on the head though, because the biggest issue is real estate. It's just having enough. Because you are good. Oh man, I, I'm. If, if I was t- taking a guard list to an event I intended to win, it would have three of each Manticores and Basilisks. And then I'm trying to envision yeah. the table where I get to hide those and any any field ordinance batteries as well. I think even exactly. hiding the six indirect pieces is going to be a struggle on most tables. Yeah, yeah. You kind of just got to hope to weather the storm a little bit on them, I think, um, and have some recourse if they do come out and shoot you directly. Mm. Um, well, we've got so- the Wyvern. Is, uh, I was going to say the Wyvern's kind of interesting. 95 yep. points, pretty cheap. Um, it's got um, the Wyvern Quad Storm Shard Mortar, who for some reason doesn't have 4d6, has 2d6, even though it's a yeah. quad thing. It's yep. twin-linked, I suppose. But it's um, 5, 0, 1. So strength 5, AP 0, damage 1. But it, this thing has the most keywords I've ever seen of a weapon. Mm-hmm. It has blast, ignores cover, heavy, indirect fire, twin-linked. Uh, five keywords. So um, It's pretty yeah, cute. 95 points. It's not bad, and it suppresses stuff. So, you know, like um, like we said with the strat, uh, you can actually put, you know, something that you shoot, minus one to hit. Um, yeah. Not bad. Yeah. 95 points for an 11-wound D9 three-up save tank. That's pretty cheap. Do we want to meme out on the Aegis defense line for a moment? Oof. Uh, <laughs> that thing went up 200% in points, by the way. So it put did. It there. And it's From 40 mess. points to 100. It's a mess. You can go. Go for it. So, Only you have it. Go for it. Everybody, please be reasonable. No, your Aegis defense line cannot declare a charge. Just don't oh. do it. I mean, <laughs> technically you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, it's not eligible to pilot or consolidate, I don't believe. What about heroically intervening? Heroically <laughs> can overwatch. <laughs> uh, it's funny as hell. Uh, it's toughness 12 with a 2 plus save and 10 wounds. And see, this is... So the picture is of the very specific... Aegis defense line emplacement, not the very old one that I have from like fifth edition that has all the yes. little segments. It's the very specific emplacement one that they released, um, I think last year. Um, if, and the, the abilities, there was a lot of abilities. Um, in place platform friendly, astronaut time infantry models can be set up um, or end any type of move. Um, 
on top of the platform section of this fortification, the reinforced cover, every time a range attack is allocated to a model, if the model is not fully visible um, to every model in the attacking unit because of fortification, you have the benefits of cover. And the defense line, whilst infantry models have the benefits of cover, they also have a four-pass invulnerable save, which is pretty Sweet. cute. And then the fortification, while an enemy unit is only within engagement range of um, one or more fortification from your army, that unit can still be selected to target it to shoot. You can still shoot them and charge them and do all that stuff. <laughs> um, needs a lot of GW, their, their fortification rules need a little bit of work is where I'm yeah. going to leave with that because this thing brings more problems to the table than it, than it, <laughs> than it, it, it solves Leona <laughs> yeah um, if you play that successfully leave a comment down below uh, yes, correct uh, you know, I don't think that one's going to impact the algorithm a lot mm. um, <laughs> so, yeah, mate, I think there was, there was just two things I wanted to cover yeah. one was the Chimera Chimera yep. got firing deck two, so transport, it's 85 great. points, still very reasonable. What you can do is take a heavy weapon squad with one mortar, and then you can take two las cannons in it. So you can actually stick that inside the Chimera and fire two las cannons from it. So not terrible. And then I just wanted to quickly cover the Scions. So you can take Scions, the Torox, and the Torox Prime. In my experience, you're paying a lot for a unit that doesn't do anywhere near as much damage as it used to do. So Correct. I did play 30 Scions in both most both my lists at the Birmingham and Warhammer Fest. What was the strongest part about them is you can come down, get full, you can get real ones to hit and wound because of Lord Soul Leontis. You can't do any of that now. And all their, their weapons are the same strength or lost in AP as well. So they don't hit anywhere near as hard. They're the same points. Honestly, I would cut my losses and instead of looking at them, they are good now for secondary play because they just deep strike naturally for 55 points but you're going to want to look more towards the tanks and indirect uh as your main batteries of damage and then just having stuff like that to play the secondary. So i like what... i like two by five scions take whichever guns they're probably not going to matter take whichever guns you want and you literally you're going to use them as secondary getters they're going to be utility pieces it's it's uh, i think you said 55 i do think it's i think it's 60 points now yeah oh, 60, 60, sorry. 60 yeah oh, they're, they're 12, 12, 12 points a pop oh they're the same um, sorry uh, and yeah, just to, just take them. They're just utility pieces now. They're not going to do any heavy lifting for you, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to like possibly doing a two thousand point Scion army again, um, <laughs> but no, nah, unfortunately, not this edition. Is there a Bane Blade that tickles your pickle? Is there a Bane Blade uh, the only one that I like is the one that has firing deck one billion? Um, is that the Stormlord and... firing deck twenty four? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the Stormlord, and that's primarily because you can put as many heavy weapon teams you want in it. Correct. And actually, heavy weapon teams, you know, because it's a las cannon, right? Like. You can get a lot of guns in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you could put, you know, Tim Gaskin in there. You could put, I mean, you could literally put like, you know, three by three heavy weapon teams in this. Thing. <laughs> uh, it can transport forty people. That's a lot. The only so I, I actually, I'm not gonna lie. You could probably four one an event with a Stormlord if your terrain enabled you to play it. I genuinely mean that because T13 two up save, twenty four wounds. You can make you know subtract the damage with Ursula Cree. Give a four-up invulnerable, heal D3 wounds. It's actually not that bad, but the problem is that the terrain rules often make it so these models are kind of unplayable in my experience. Mm. Yeah, the terrain is going to be the biggest thing naturally that holds back the Bane Blade. It's got one of the biggest plat- biggest footprints of any model in the it's game. It's huge. It's so unwieldy. They don't move that fast. They only move nine. It's actually really bad yeah. that they only move nine. I wish they moved 12. Yeah. I wish they moved 14, 18. I don't care. Just more than that. Um, their toughness freaking 13 with a 2-plus save and 24 <laughs> wounds. They are phenomenally hard to kill. Uh, 
and wound and all these things. I actually, uh, so the Stormlord has the biggest capacity, but I think the gun is crap. I actually prefer yeah. the Doomhammer or, where's the other one? It's a Doomhammer. Which one is the Doomhammer on? Banehammer. So the Banehammer <laughs> and the Doomhammer both have firing depth 12. <laughs> Um, okay, that's nice. Damn. Yeah, okay, that's a good balance. Tra- their transport capacity twenty six. I think the other one was thirty or forty or whatever. Um, but the Bainham is the one I like. So it's the Tremor Cannon. It's got range thirty six, D- two D six plus three shots at twelve two three. In your shooting phase, yeah, okay. selecting a target of this model's Tremor Cannon. The target unit, and every other infantry unit within three of it, must take a battle shock test. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. The um the Doomhammer. Is, yeah, is anti-tank one. It's uh, it's 24-inch range, but it's a melt to 6, so at 12 <laughs> inches, it's plus 6. D3 plus 3 shots at 12 ne- uh, neg 4 D6, and each time it, uh, it models a magma cannon targets a monster or vehicle, um, it's always considered to be in half range. So even at 24 inches, you're getting the plus 6 damage. So it's 12 you know minus what? 4, D6 plus 6. I'm going to call it here. I think you're right in that the, uh, the Bane Hammer the Bane Hammer, what a sick name too, uh, is. is the better one. You know what I would have loved for them to attach to this rule? I th- these should be towering. They should. Holy <laughs> um, shit, they should. Oh, my God. Um, no, okay. But in all seriousness, what they should be able to do is move over terrain features that are four or less inches high. They should. Um, they should that right may sound strange. Or they should have some rules where, like, you know, you move over terrain piece, it destroys it, you know? Because yep. it's a fucking giant tank. I do. I yeah. do think that slapping four twin heavy flamers on one of these things, driving yeah. it into the middle of the table with Ursula somehow within twelve inches and an engine seer giving it a four plus, and then just daring your opponent to come out and get overwatched is kind of cute. Is it's legit, bad, yeah. legitimately kind of cute. Whether it's good or not is is up for debate. I think the firing deck is the real key there. That's yeah, the one is. you have to optimize because you yeah. can get really cheap las cannons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's good. Well, one of my first builds, and this is in Index 8th edition before the Rule of Three, was to yep. literally min-max mortars into my Stormlord. So <laughs> you'd have to kill a Stormlord to stop my... I, I had nine heavy weapons. No, no, not nine heavy weapons teams. Yeah, I had, yeah, yeah, I had nine heavy weapons teams. So I had 27 mortars. And so you was, were literally playing the list I just talked about. Yes, the, uh... yeah, yeah, except there was no Rule of Three, so you could have as many mortars as you could fit in the thing. And I, I, I did that. <laughs> Fantastic. There you uh, go. Anyway. That's pretty much it, guys. The uh, you know the big boys you're not going to play. You do want to lean into the indirect uh, quite a lot. That's clearly where the point most point sufficient things are. You know, start it's, your list uh, with three mantis, three bassies, nine scout sentinels, Ursacre, Leontis, and then if you've got eight hundred points after that, you know, um, take whatever you want. You know, you probably want to spend two fifty points on scoring. Maybe mm-hmm. a lone op. Um, maybe a, you know, Chimera can't go wrong. No. And um, yeah, I, I am so I am really disappointed about the internal balance here because there yeah. isn't another option. The no. the indirect battery is priced so ridiculously aggressively. Mm-hmm. Nothing else really compares for the value that you will get, and it's it's pretty disgusting how efficient you can make it. They just yes. they might, if they're hitting on twos rerolling. They might as well auto hit. They're all strength eight or better. So against any infantry, they might as well auto wound. It's mm-hmm. stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make for the most interactive gameplay, which is a shame because I think, uh, you know, Guard used to be a very, very technically skilled uh, codex. Yep. And they've actually dumbed down a lot of the rules or, uh, or orders uh, you could do. So a lot of these units, guys, that used to be able to get an order after you would disembark mm. a unit from a transport, for example, uh, you can no longer do that. So yeah. that actually that reduces the output of a lot of these units that you think would be very good. Oh. And because there's no rerolls, 
you can't deep string get reels to. It, it reduces the variety of units that you will see as well dramatically. Like you just you're just not going to play that mechanized list, which is the, the my, it's my favorite way to play. It's mechanized infantry, and yeah. it's just it's just not a thing right now. Hopefully, the codex yeah. gives it a lease on life. Um, but as it sits right now, mate, how would you rank guard in the competitive Oof. lexicon? How high did you put them up? Do you put them up the rankings? Man, it's so it's, everything is so up in the air these days. Mm. Uh, you know, for me personally, I think Aldari is on the level of just don't bother coming to the table. Yeah, uh, Marines <laughs> is on the um, extremely good needs a nerf um, overpowered rating, and then under that, I think you've got a lot of that's where it starts to open up a lot. You've got uh, Thousand Suns. No, I'm not going to no, in no particular order here. You know, I'm thinking um, some kind of Knight variant with demons, uh, Thousand Suns, GSC. Uh, you know, just maybe custodies at some point, you know, Imperial Knights. Yeah. And I think Guard are in that mix there. Me too. Um, I don't think that they're a top four faction. My top four would probably be something like um, Aldari, Marines, GSC, and then, you know, the top, you know, T-Suns there maybe. Yeah. Uh, yet to find out. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'd place them. Um, they're Me in too. the mix, but... Unfortunately, they're quite linear and one-dimensional now. I, I agree. I think when they're good, they are... So their best build is as good as, I think, the Marine Indirect build. But the Marine, the Marine Indirect build has flexibility, has nuance, has a far more unit options that are at that level. As soon as... If, like, if, if they were to just, like... Uh, like nerf the guard indirect i think the army drops off uh phenomenally oh, drop off after cliff, that yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 i mean it, look at a unit like rough riders for example yeah. how would you ever play that unit in yeah. uh today's edition with, with five decimators just just killing 10 of them immediately like it's yeah it's not even a thing but yeah so that's that's my issue the indirect the the, the internal balance just isn't there like there is the ridiculously optimum premium build and then a massive cliff towards before the next best units even surface. And um, what I don't, what I don't really understand is why they made things like ogrins and stuff like that. They just priced them through the roof as well. And they, and they got worse and more expensive. And it's like, I mean, we, we get that guard shouldn't, you know, should maybe pay more for melee or something, but these units haven't been good for the previous codex edition as well. Uh, and they're still terrible. You know, Sergeant Harker is, you know, He's, he's not great. Um, you know, these other melee orientated units are very difficult to make work. Um, Katachan jungle fighters are awful. I don't know what, I don't know how they differentiate. It's because they can take a flame at it. I guess they're a different model. Um, so <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. death core look great. Uh, Cadians look yes. fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kata, Katachans are easily the redheaded stepchild there. They just don't, they just don't <laughs> touch the sides. There's, and that's really unfortunate because man, I know so many like Katachan diehards that just love that aesthetic, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, to put it in perspective, like I, I believe I'm the world rank one guard player at the moment. I probably should be. Um, but, um, you know, I was playing like, I was playing like, uh, no, I was just, I haven't looked at the updates. I'm going to say that from now on too. I'm just going to be like, I think, I think I'm, um, the, the best player in the world. And if I'm not, I should be. Um, but you know, I was playing armored superiority, swift as the wind, like yeah. two melee. I had the two melee relics, the tower sword and the chainsword uh, relic. So I had the cute. warlord trade for upgraded, you know, six explode plus one to wound you know i was only like genuinely i could probably spend another like couple of weeks two three tournaments looking through the old guard codex because mm. it was so deep and intricate deep. yeah uh, and it wasn't in balance too it was like a top five faction at that time and well as soon as, so as, soon much, as they but, 
as soon as they nerfed the Cassacant, it all got pretty. It was all kind of pretty reasonable yeah, after yeah. that. It exactly was, right. yeah. I, I still wish their sixes to hit didn't count as sixes to wound, um, because <laughs> that was just never good in any form ever. And yeah, yes. we're doing it. We're probably doing it again in in this edition. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but on that note, Matt, we are going to wrap up. Thank you very much for coming on again, Matt, and giving us your time and uh, no your knowledge. Really appreciate it, dude. Anything you'd like to say or plug on the way out? No, no, uh, thanks for having me on again. It's always good to talk. Um, yeah, David from 40K Fireside Podcast. And uh, wherever you are, Guard is, um, you know, it's not dead. So um, carry on and have fun with it. Whatever way you like to enjoy the game, you want to play three Rogal Dawns, go play three Rogal Dawns. Absolutely. Um, this will be, still be really fun. It will be. And uh, on that note, good night, mate. Please go over and join us over on part two. Uh, we will be recording a bunch of our impressions of our games with Guard, against Guard, our lists, etc., etc. Hope to see you there. Take care, good night, and enjoy your 40K. <laughs> see you later. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.